I'm just going to introduce a DVD to us uh, this morning. As you know, we've been in this Rewind series and we're at week six. How many of you have been here for all six weeks? Can you remember who we've talked about for six weeks? (laughs) Okay, we're going to be looking at a different character this week. But as you know, most weeks we've had a DVD and we've got a bit of a special one for you today. So you will enjoy this um, Rewind, but it's a kid's version, so feast your eyes on the screen. (laughs) Once, when I was seven, I prayed to God to see if... He could help my best friend Olivia understand a bit more about him. And once when it was almost like my birthday, my ninth birthday, um, she we was talking a bit about him and she did pray and I and it was like a miracle. And I was really happy. Okay. And he made all the animals, sand, the desert. He made everything that's on the planet now. He made the dogs, the cats, the rabbits, the fish. And even though I've got some fish that came from the pet shop. So every day I look at them, I remember what God made. I've become a Christian, but I've not been in the water yet. He helps me with my life as a young person. I feel more confident with my life for the future ahead of me. And what I ask the Lord into my heart, I can't be in. When you go on the ropes course or the ropes course, I was pretty frightened, but I know that the Lord was right beside me, so I kept on going with my friend, Shailen, and um, we had really fun there because I, a lot of people ask Jesus into their hearts um, at Camp Cedar Club because we did all kinds of things to show that Jesus is the Holy One and He's risen for us. I've learned that you should never give up on your hopes and dreams and look out for your friends and family. When I'm older, I want a job as at this um, disabled college um, with students that are disabled and uh, I want to be one of the art people that which get to do art all day and help the disabled people understand art. I would like to learn more about God. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Bit louder. Testing, testing, one, two, three. This is so humiliating. (laughs) (laughs) What did your friend pray for? For a tooth to come out. For a tooth to come out? And then what happened? Um, the tooth came out. (laughs) It never did. It did. And this is the end part. 
We really need some help in DZ and it's real. So on Sundays you could try your best to come and help us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. fantastic um lisa our media girl that did the filming of that the little girl in the pink top um she said she just let the camera she asked obviously she was asking them all to kind of rewind and things they've learned about god or things that they've uh, experienced about god and uh, the little girl with the pink top um spoke for 40 minutes <laughs> that is a very edited version of of her she said she just left the camera rolling and she just chat 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 and just didn't stop so uh, so yeah she's uh, she's the cutest isn't she so okay so we're in week 6 of uh, the rewind series and we're going to look today at another character it was Hosea wasn't it last week with Alison uh, very challenging stuff i'm still recovering from all the challenges that were contained last week and um, Hopefully God will speak again to us through this series and we're going to be looking at the person of Jabez, the person of Jabez. He's not mentioned very much in the Bible um, but his, his mention is quite memorable and in, 2000, in the year 2000 a little book which is only size A6, 90 pages short, hit the Christian press that went on to become an international bestseller topping the New York Times bestseller list and selling 9 million copies in the first few years. In 2001, it received the Evan, yeah, this makes me laugh, Evangelical Christian Publicists Association Gold Medallion Book of the Year Award. It's a nice little snappy title, isn't it? The Evangelical Christian Publicists Association Gold Medallion Book of the Year Award. Um, and it was this book, The Prayer of Jabez. How many of you have seen a little book or a big book a bit like this? Ah, oh, not as many as I thought. Okay, let's watch our speaker now then. Um, hmm. Now, this was like a major thing. If those of you that were around church life around sort of 2000, 2001, 2000, this, this book just went global almost overnight and it gripped people. As I say, it's not, you know, it's a 20 minute read um, and it just grabbed people for some reason and became this bestseller and then people were praying daily the prayer of Jabez. So we're going to look at um, that prayer in just a moment. Such was the popularity of the book. If you now Google it, you'll find that you can get a kid's version, a women's version, a men's version. You can get prayer of Jabez journals, Bible studies, devotions, keychains, mugs, rucksacks, ornaments, scented candles, mouse mats, jewellery and even a framed artist's conception of the man Jabez himself. Love to see what that looked like. Don't know how they've come up with that. Um, So clearly people have got very excited about the prayer of Jabez. So we're going to look at what that prayer was, why it was so uh, perhaps contagious. And this is my version, okay? I'm not Bruce Wilkerson. Nobody will print a book of what I'm going to say this morning. But I've had a fresh look at it and I when I got this book years ago, I bought into it in a big way and I prayed it daily, then got a bit demoralized and gave up. And uh, I've had a fresh look at it. I've rewound, had a fresh look at it. And uh, I feel I've, I've had some fresh insights into it. So I'm going to share those with you today. So let's read it. If you've got your Bibles with you, it's in 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. If you can find 1 Chronicles, it's about a fifth of the way in. 
sixth of the way in. It's quite near the front. And uh, it's not a book we look at uh, an awful lot, mainly because it is a chronological kind of explanation of a load of events. So it's not the most inspiring of books to read it. So you want 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and then it's verses 9 to 10. I'm reading from the King James Version. So again, a bit unusual. It's not the NLT or the NIV this morning, but I like this particular version. So 1 Chronicles 4 verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. It's nice, isn't it? The name Jabez means pain or will bring pain, will bring suffering. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. Interesting prayer. What's really interesting is the next few words. It says, so God granted him what he requested. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, when you prayed a prayer? God granted what you requested. I'd like to know the secret of Jabez's prayer so that I could pray a prayer and then God will say, I'll grant you what you request. So we know four things from that brief interlude in scripture in a list of hundreds of names. We know these four things, that he was called pain. As I said, he was literally, it was, he will cause pain or he will bring sorrow by his mother. He prayed a bold prayer. God granted him his requests and he was called more honorable by God. So we're going to look at the four elements of the prayer today, uh, as I say, and we'll, um, I've had some fresh thinking on them, so we'll see. You may not agree with my fresh thinking, but that's always a good thing to just cause you to think through afresh for yourself. So I'm going to look at the words bless, expand, be with, and keep, because those are the four elements of the prayer. Now, what do you think the word blessing means? We use the word. In fact, Gareth said that we bless Janet as she comes to speak. What do you think the word bless means? To empower, encourage, because we use it a lot, don't we? I learned yesterday that uh, when someone sneezes and you say "bless you." It's uh, to say that the devil won't enter them in the vacuum that's created by this. You know, when you sneeze, there's then a space inside of you. And it was to say to bless you so that the devil didn't enter the space. And I thought, ooh, that's really bizarre. I don't think I want to say bless you anymore when someone sneezes. So I actually don't believe that. So, okay, we've got empower and encourage. It's got to be more than that. We use it all the time, don't we? Bless you. May the Lord bless you. It's got to be a third explanation. Sorry? Be good to. Yeah. You're right. No trick question. You're right. It just means those things. It simply means as we think it means. No clever Hebrew or Greek around the word bless. It literally means to do good to. To encourage. To provide. Mainly it is to good to do good to. And I looked up on the net for some uh, blessings, you know, that are perhaps popular or familiar. And you may recognize this one. This is an Irish blessing. May the Lord, no, sorry, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. Anyone know this one? Familiar. May the sun shine warm upon your face and rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
So sometimes when you think about the word blessings, people think literally like, you know, a phrase of blessing. I found some funnier ones, which I kind of was more intrigued about. Um, It says, another, another blessing was, may you be quick to know that life is a waste of time and time is a waste of life. So waste your time and have the time of your life. I don't think that's biblically, you know, endorsed, but uh, uh, two more. This is a bit of a bizarre one. When you, when you go, may you die peacefully like my grandfather and not screaming like the passengers in his car. <laughs> oh, some of you are really laughing and some of you are like frowning at me as I'm really sick. So, Okay, and I'm probably a bit of both. Okay, uh, and the last one. Uh, this is another Irish blessing, apparently. As you slide down the banister of life, may the splinters never point the wrong way. <laughs> oh, dear. So the word blessing. So when Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me, is kind of like it sounds, you know, oh, that you, God, that you would do good to me. And it, uh, when, when you read this book, it really is about, you know, asking that God would bless you. You know, you wake up every day and you say, oh, God, would you bless my life today? And then the book goes on to record um, lots of, you know, amazing things that this guy would say was, was an answer to that prayer that God would bless him. Um, so I tried this. I thought, okay, I'm going to try this prayer of Jabez Malarkey. It's been about 10 years since I last looked like it. So a few, few, probably about eight weeks ago, I started praying this prayer every day. And it was amazing. I'm like, man, this stuff really works. Why haven't I done this for 10 years? Like every day something good happened. And I just thought, gosh, I've been missing out for years. If only I'd pray this prayer every day, how incredible would my life do? Every day something good happened. I thought, man, this is a great secret. I need to share this with people. All you've got to do is every day get up and say, oh God, would you bless me today? And then the magic happens. And then I realized after a few weeks of doing this, that actually my days weren't any really any different to all the previous days before I prayed it. But somehow I'd had a perspective of all the goodness in my life. Because I set up every day with an expectation that God was going to bless me, when really silly little things happened that were good and nice during the day, I think, oh, that's God blessing me. That's that prayer working. You know, from kind of nice things that happened, you know, perhaps a little more out of the ordinary, to really ordinary, just somebody bringing me a cup of coffee and saying, I just thought you might need a drink and I brought you a cup of coffee through and I think, that's God blessing me. And actually, probably they've done that several times, but I hadn't seen it through the same lens. So I, I suppose what I learned from that was, actually, God does really bless our lives way more than we appreciate or are grateful for or acknowledge. And I think, you know, when we heard Alison last week and talking about the guys in Africa, and you think about what their daily lives are like, our lives are phenomenally blessed. But we have become so complacent with the luxury of a Western life and all that it provides and the food and the medical care that we have and the homes that we live in and all the gadgets that we buy. We have become so accustomed and so complacent to all of that that we actually don't recognize the goodness of God and his blessings on our life. If you think about everything that is good in the world ultimately comes from God, Every single good thing in your life is a blessing, isn't it, from God? 
And I do believe it is God's heart to bless us. It is in his heart to do good to us. Where the challenge for us is, is we become very prescriptive, don't we, in how we want that to happen. And the reason the prayer of Jabez, the reason Jabez's prayer in this particular sentence, oh, that you would bless me, is so incredibly powerful, is because actually the way it's explained in you know, the commentaries is that it was an open-handed prayer of, oh God, would you bless me? Not would you bless me today with food, not would you bless me today with friendship, not would you bless me today with health, not would you bless me today with this, that and the other, but God, I believe that you are a great and mighty and faithful and good God and I know that your heart is that you want to bless me. So today, God, in the way that you see fit and the way that you want to do good to me, God, would you bless me and God granted that request. It's a bit of a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying don't be specific in our prayers. I do believe there's good, you know, theological base for being specific in asking God, partly because then you know whether they've been answered, don't you? When you're really praying for a breakthrough in a situation, when you're wanting to see God work in a situation, when you need to see something happen, we need to be specific. But there's something deeper in the heart of Jabez when he prays, oh, that you would bless me because I know that you are a good and faithful God and God granted his request. So on occasion, not every day, I've continued to pray the prayer of Jabez. But actually what it's done, it's made me incredibly grateful for all the great things in my life. Because often we can focus on what we don't have, and I'm good at doing that as well. But actually praying, God, suddenly having eyes to look for the ways that God was going to bless me because I was praying the special prayer, suddenly I saw lots of really great things that happened in my day. And actually, that's God, isn't it? That is God doing good to me, often through other people. But ultimately, it's God doing good for me. And as superficial as it is and as trivial as it is, that's why you got a grape when you came in today. How many of you got a grape? Some of you didn't. I do apologize. Please don't feel unblessed. But you came in today, and I was thinking about this, and I thought, I love you guys, and I want to bless you. Well, clearly my budget's a little limited, so I couldn't give you a tenner as you walked in this morning. But as symbolic, I thought, I'm rather than give you chocolate, because we forever give out chocolates, I'm going to give you something healthy, a nice, sweet, rosy red grape. You weren't expecting it, were you? You came today, and you were blessed in a little tiny way by a fresh, ripe grape as you came in this morning and that's something of the heart of God isn't it he just wants to do kind nice things to us but it's having eyes to see what they are I mean if we were an African church and you got given a grape this morning you would think that your world all your Christmases had come together because they don't have those kind of luxuries but some of you think oh grape that was a great present Janet thanks a lot you know stingy so-and-so it's funny isn't it our mindsets of what's a blessing and what isn't But God wants to bless your life and sadly sometimes that's hard how he blesses us. I have been praying this as I say on and off and uh, just this last week I was blessed by God in a painful way and um, I was thinking just while we were worshiping I was thinking about a couple of years ago I um, had my foot broken deliberately by the hospital and it was because my my foot was twisting and basically if they didn't operate um, I would have trouble walking later in life so the uh, podiatric surgeon said you need to have it broken and straightened 
And um, so a couple of years ago, that's what they did. I went in, loved every minute, loved hospitals. Glad it was just a local because I could sit and hear it all and breaking and crunching the bones and drilling and sort of loved it. And um, see, I went really quite sick. And uh, had, had the foot broken and then had the luxury of eight weeks off work with it while it mended. And um, it was a really painful procedure. And yet it was a good thing. And sometimes when we have an open-handed prayer to God, God, would you bless me? Sometimes it's a painful thing, but it's for our good. Like I said, something happened on Wednesday night this week that really kind of ripped me apart. And Thursday and Friday, I kind of was on autopilot through the days, just kind of in my little zone. And, um, and actually, it was God removing something from my life that was damaging for me. And I didn't want it to go, but God said, that is, in blessing you, I'm going to extract that from your life. And that's hard, but actually, it's actually a blessing because you need to be free from that. So when we have an open hand of God, would you bless me? Sometimes it isn't always nice cups of coffee or grapes coming your way. Sometimes it's actually a painful thing, but behind it is a heart of love and a heart of God behind that and I could see that even as difficult as it was so first part God sorry Jabez said oh that you would bless me but it was this open-hearted open-handed prayer of God I believe in your faithfulness and goodness so bless me in a way because I'm so surrendered to you in a way that you want to bless me it's a big prayer isn't it scary prayer okay secondly the second thing he says is Oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory. Some versions say enlarge, but because I'm doing this again at the all age, we've gone for the word expand rather than increase or enlarge because we felt the kids would probably understand expand a bit better. But basically, when Jabez prays, oh, that you would expand my territory, he sang two things. He sang, he recognizes that when he was created, that his life was for more than just his human life. There's an understanding that God has a desire for his life that's bigger and more influential and greater than just his ordinary human life. So he understood that God actually wanted to, by divine power, enlarge his life. Secondly, um, because the word territory means a coastline, but actually in the uh, Hebrew, it talks about the fact that it's an unlimited. You're not limited by, some translations do, you know, that you would um, in, expand my coastline or territory or boundary. And it's the sense of an unlimited edge. You know, where a coast, you get to the edge, don't you? And then there's the sea. But it's that sense there is no limit, no boundary to what God could do in and through his life. So when he says, oh, that you would expand my territory, my coastline, my limits, there again is this recognition of a powerful, great God who wants to do something greater with his single life than it would be humanly possible. But actually, in God, there are no limits to what that could be. One of the great things about the Freedom um, Course is I think that helps people live a greater life. Because actually, the Freedom Course helps you get rid of some of the limitations and the boundaries and the things that would hold you back. Those of you that done freedom, would you say that that is true? That actually it's set you free from things that perhaps limit your life from becoming the full potential that it is in God. 
Um, I did bring some balloons and I've lost them. I must have left them in the office. But I was going to blow a balloon up. And, um, you know, like a balloon, you know, when you first get a balloon, it's kind of a little nothing, isn't it, really? And, um, and then you put some air into it. I actually don't really like putting up balloons but because uh, I don't like them bursting in my face. But um, you put a little bit of air into it. Um, and I was thinking about this, that actually I think when we become Christians, before we become Christians, our life is like a floppy balloon. There's no real life in it, is it? It's, it's existing, it's, it is a balloon, but it's not really functioning in its real potential, what a balloon was supposed to do. And then when we become Christians, the Spirit of God, the air of God comes into our life and we begin to grow, don't we, spiritually? And this word expand is that sense is the more we allow God to blow and breathe his spirit in us, the greater we can expand and the more potential that there is in us. And there's something really nice, isn't there, about a fully inflated balloon rather than, you know, at the end of a party when they've gone a bit funny and gone a bit wrinkly. This is such a shame, isn't it? But there's something about this imagery that Jabez is using. He said, when the spirit of God comes in your life, you know, you begin to live, you begin to function as you were originally conceived to be and then if you continue to have this God would you expand my life would you you know not let me be limited would you blow your Holy Spirit into me and expand me to be everything that I possibly could be so Jabez again has this expectation of a good and great God that he would bless his life but also that he would expand him and use him for greater things than he would otherwise be able to do thirdly Okay, that God would be with him. The third bit of prayer is, oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory. That your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. How many of you recognize that God is with you all of the time? God's promise in his word is that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. That's the truth, isn't it? That's biblical truth. Sometimes we feel that, sometimes we don't. But the truth is... God is present with us all of the time. He's here with us now, whether we sense him, feel him or not. God's promise is is that he was with us. So why does Jabez prayer, oh, that you would be with me, oh, that your hand would be with me? It's a bit like, it's a bit like, say, Rachel's sitting there, and we all know Rachel's there, and I'm going, oh, I'm going to pray that Rachel would join us this morning. You'd think, cuckoo, clearly, Janet, she's here. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Because Jabez knew that God was always with him. So why is he praying, oh, that your hand would be with me? There's a little story to put a smile on your face from uh, a child. A little boy was afraid of the dark. One night, his mother told him to go out to the back porch and bring bring in her broom. The little boy turned to his mother and said, Mommy, I don't want to go out there. It's dark. The mother smiled reassuringly at her son. And you don't have to be afraid of the dark, she explained, because Jesus is there. He's always with you. He'll look after you. He's out there and he'll protect you. The little boy looked at his mother really hard and asked, are you sure Jesus will be out there? Yes, I'm sure. He's everywhere. He's always ready to help you when you need him. The little boy thought for a moment, then went back to the back door, cracked it open a little, peered outside and called Jesus, if you're out there, can you bring the broom in? (laughs) And we have this kind of understanding, don't we, that Jesus is everywhere and he's with us all the time. But Jabez is praying something quite specific here. He asks, not that Jesus would be with him, not that God's presence would be with him, but actually that God's hand would be with him. 
And obviously the word, the hand of God, apart from Maradona and whatever football game that was, when he punched the ball into the net, the hand of God is used a lot, isn't it, in um, the Bible. And it has different meanings. The biblical term actually talks about the presence of God's power. And Bruce Wilkinson in his book says, you could call God's hand on you the touch of greatness. You do not become great, you become dependent on the strong hand of God. Your surrendered need turns into his unlimited opportunity and he becomes great through you. So Jabez is referring to the hand of God. He's referring to God's power. But something slightly more than that, in the Hebrew there are a number of meanings of the word hand. One is meaning empty-handed or hollow-handed. But actually the phrase in the prayer of Jabez is open-handed. So when he says that your hand, the word hand there in the Hebrew is open-handed. So what Jabez is praying is not just God that I know your presence is with me, please be with me, perhaps please be, maybe I be aware that you're with me, but he's actually praying, God, would you have an open-handed, powerful presence in my life? May you not withhold your power from my daily existence. God, would you bless my life with good things? Would you expand my territory? But in expand it, I'm going to need to know that your hand, your powerful, your open-handed power that's available for me is going to be with me. Does that make sense? It's not a saying, well, God, can you just be with me? It's this sense of, God, I need your power that is symbolic of your hand. And the word he uses is an open-handed approach. He's saying, God, I know that you are open-handed with your power towards me. And I thought, I don't think I've ever thought about it like that before, that I often pray, God, would you be with me? And he's probably going, yeah, I'm here. Remember, I did say I'd never leave you. And I go, God, I really need you to be with me today. And I'm sure we all pray prayers like that, don't we? And there's nothing wrong in that. But then there's an extra thing that Jabez is, is so entrenched, I guess, in the goodness and greatness of God. He realizes that God will never leave him. And he's actually saying, I really need to see your power, your open-handed power available for me today. 2 Chronicles 16 says, for, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are committed to him. God wants to show himself strong in the situations that you're facing. He doesn't just want to be with you and present with you. He wants to show his open-handed power, his strength to you. Fourthly, he prays, oh, that you would bless me, that you'd expand my territory, that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from evil. I bet many of us have prayed a similar prayer. God, would you protect me? Would you keep me from bad things happening to me? How many of you have prayed anything remotely like that? Yes. It's a common, it's a human thing to do, isn't it? You're like, God, would you protect me? Would you keep me safe? Would you protect me from, you know, difficulty and drama and pain and heartache? It's a natural prayer, isn't it, for us as humans? In our expectation of God, God, would you protect me? And that's a great prayer to pray, isn't it? God, we believe that you want to help me. God, would you protect me? But there's two ways that Jabez's prayer is meant here. We can understand it's pra- his prayer in that he says, keep me from evil. Wouldn't we all want that? It's like he's saying, protect me from anything bad happening. We can all identify with a prayer like that. Please don't let bad things happen to me. But there's something more in what he's saying. It's not just keep evil from me. It's also keep me from evil evil. So he is praying, God, would you protect me? God, would you keep 
bad things from happening to me. God, would you keep evil from me? But in the way that it's written, there's also the sense of he is actually saying, keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. So he is asking that he would be protected so that he would not be caused pain himself, but he's also and more so asking that he wouldn't cause pain because of him getting involved with evil, which is interesting when you think he was called at birth, you will cause pain, you will cause sorrow. And the final bit of his prayer is like, don't let me be what was said of me. Don't let me be what I was labeled at birth. Don't let me be all the negative things that have been spoken over my life since birth. I was told from birth that I would cause pain. And my final plea, God, is yes, keep evil from me, protect me, that I might not be caused pain. But he's also praying, God, please keep me from evil so that I don't cause pain. Because as we all know, sin always hurts somebody, doesn't it? I wonder if I've ever prayed, keep me from evil. I've prayed a lot. God, would you keep evil from me? Would you not let the bad stuff happen? But I wonder how many times have I prayed, God, I actually don't want to get involved in anything that's not of you. Keep me from getting involved today in something that will cause pain, either to myself, either to my relationship with God, either to somebody else. When we sin, when we get involved in evil, it always causes pain, doesn't it, to somebody. So he prays, God, would you stop me from getting involved in anything that is going to cause pain to somebody else? That's a bold prayer, I think. I much more pray that keep bad things from me rather than, God, actually, I don't want to get involved in anything that actually is going to cause you pain, me pain, someone else pain. So the final thing, the conclusion... Why was he called more honourable? Didn't we say he was caused, called, he would cause pain. He prayed a prayer, a bold prayer. He, God granted his requests. And God said to him, you know, the, the, the script that has been spoken over your life, the label that's on your life that is that you'll cause pain. But actually, I'm going to give you a fresh name. And that is, you will be more honourable. Out of a list of 600 names, suddenly there's this pause isn't it in the list of all the names and it says Jabez was more honorable and then it carries on with another list of names there's a highlight here isn't there's a full stop saying this guy was more honorable what was it about Jabez and his prayer that made him more honorable okay another little funny story just to keep you awake with me this morning the small ship was weathering a terrible storm and taking on water after a time the pumps broke down and the vessel began to sink The crew quickly herded the passengers into the lifeboats. While all this was going on, the captain called out, does anybody here know how to pray? A humble clergyman stepped forward. He said, I can pray. I can pray, he said in very soft words. Just then another minister jumped up and said, I am a more honorable man and I think I would do a better job in praying, he declared. You're so quiet that your prayer would never be heard across a quiet church, let alone a noisy storm. Very well, said the captain, pointing to the second boastful, more honourable minister. You pray, you pray hard, because we're one life jacket short. (laughs) It's easy, isn't it, to look at external appearances or external projections or external, I'm the greatest. 
to think, well, they're a really spiritual person. They're more honourable. They're clearly up there in the spiritual stakes. Or people can project themselves as being more honourable. And actually, why was Jabez? Why was Jabez highlighted by God in this list to be more honourable? This is my conclusion, okay? The word honourable in the Hebrew means weighty. It's like a weight of character, a weight of faith, an inner deep strength of personhood. So when the word says he was more honourable, it's saying this person was of considerable character and weight. I don't know how else to say the word weight, but I hope you know what I mean. He had a weighty faith and a weighty personality. And Hebrews 11 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that will be, he will be a rewarder of those who seek him. So the Bible tells us the thing that pleases God the most is not our kind deeds or our servanthood or our singing or our, is actually our faith. The main thing that pleases God is when he looks at us and he sees the level of our faith, not the level of our service or our giving, but actually the level of our faith. And God clearly looked at Jabez and saw that he had great faith. And he was a weighty man of faith. Why? These are my conclusions. One, because I think he refused to be defined by others and allowed himself to be defined by God. Rather than living with the label he was given at birth, he obviously had this immense faith in the greatness and goodness of God, that he said, actually, I'm not going to listen to what anybody says about me other than God. And he lived that in a really powerful way, probably more than any of us do. I know we try to do that, and we stumble and fall sometimes, don't we, when we live under other people's expectations and labels. And it's really hard for us, isn't it, to keep reminding ourselves that actually it's God who defines us. But Jabez was a weighty man of faith who actually said, I am profoundly going to be defined by God and not by anything else. So he was an honourable man because God saw his faith. And secondly, all written throughout his prayer is this unbelievable demonstration in the goodness and greatness of God. Oh, that you would do good to me. Oh, that you would expand my life. Oh, that your mighty hand would be at work in my life and that you would keep me from being harmed and causing harm. All of that prayer is infiltrated with this undeniable faith in the goodness and greatness of God. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pray the prayer. Now you may be able to pray it with gusto this morning or you may pray it slightly half-heartedly. Some of it is baby steps and some of it isn't. But the reason I believe God looked at him and said he was a man more honorable was because of his faith in God and God granted his request. Wouldn't it be great if we had experiences of God granting our request because we had this surrenderedness to his goodness and greatness of how he wants to work in our life. God often doesn't work how I'd like him to, but quite often we find out actually that his ways were better. So I just want to encourage you this morning. It isn't about getting hung up over the words of the prayer of Jabez, but it is about encouraging you this morning to have an abandonment in your trust and faith in God, that God really does want to do good to your life, that he really does want to enlarge and expand your life and do phenomenal things in it through it for his kingdom, that he does want to be with you in a powerful way and he does want to protect and keep you from causing and being caused 
harm. Let's pray this prayer together. It's going to come up on the screen, hopefully. Okay. You ready? Okay. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. Shall we read that again? Thinking of those four elements. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. And may God grant us those requests. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word and for the way it challenges, the way it encourages, the way it reveals to us more of who you are. God, I thank you that you are a God who desires to reveal yourself to us. You don't remain hidden. You don't remain secretive and distant. But throughout your word, it's all about you revealing who you are to us because you desperately want us to know you. God, I pray today that that which is of you would take place in our hearts today, that which you have spoken to us, perhaps our expectation of how you're at work in our life. Perhaps we only see difficulties and we've lost actually all the good things that you've done in our life. God, just open our eyes to see again all the good things that you have done in us and will continue to do. God, may we realize that our lives are meant for something more than nine to five, 80 years existence. God, may we know your powerful presence in our life, that you have an open-handed approach to us of wanting your power to be available to us. And God, may we be people that, yes, we want to be protected from harm, but God also, we don't want to be people that cause harm. Even today, God, if we are aware of something in our lives that is causing harm, God, may we come to you and repent of that today and allow you to bless our life by helping us out of that situation. In Jesus' name. Amen.